podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Look, if you don't get that reference, we can't help you. It's the day trippers. On the back of an encouraging victory over Aston Villa and a creditable draw against the league leaders, Liverpool headed into a week that held much promise. A disappointing stalemate against Bolton in the FA Cup was followed last night by an exit from the Capital One Cup at the semi-final stage. So, where to now for the Get Jared to Wembley campaigners and is top four realistic when we can't score goals? I'm Trev Downing and join me to give the Costa stamp of approval are on the line the Guardian Sasha Nakrani and in the bunker Paul Brennan and Phil Casey. Okay, let's uh, begin our look back at the most recent events uh, for Liverpool with a look at the most recent games. Um, and we'd like to break it up, I suppose, into kind of themes rather than looking at them game by game and going through them in a kind of pedantic fashion like that. So we'll, we'll start with our goalkeeper, who seems to be experiencing a, a renaissance of sorts. Um, I think I'd be right in saying he had about 100 and 84 goalless minutes there in a row, which was quite impressive until the the Chelsea goal went in. Uh, Sachin, is it fair to say that uh, a combination of decent, uh, solid defence in front of him and and, and, and and the man's own efforts have, have led to him maybe recapturing something approaching form? I think so. I think, it, yeah, I think it's exactly what you said. It's a combination of things. The defence in front of him is play, it's obviously settled now. I mean, I think probably had a good string of consecutive games. Shan, Skirtle and Sacco. Uh, and I think his own confidence is is high as well. I think I think you know depending on how it goes for Minnie between now and the end of the season, I think you might look back at that Aston Villa game as a really significant moment in his Liverpool career potentially because I thought he was he was really good in that game and he made a couple of really important saves. There was one from Benteke, I remember in the second half, but more more than anything, he just looked more decisive coming off his line, clearing the ball, uh, winning uh, sort of getting hold of the ball from corners and set pieces as well. So. Um, I think that Villa game could have been a potential turning point. I think the thing about yesterday, not to get too carried away, is a lot of the good things he did was the stuff we know he's good for anyway, which is kind of reactive stuff. I mean, that sort of uh, stop with his foot, and then there was a little tackle thing as well, which he did, which, which was very good. Um, I still think he lacks presence in the box. Um, and I think his distribution is still pretty terrible. So I don't think we should get carried away. But he's kind of, 
in a way, Mignolet's on trial now between now and the end of the season. Um, so he's got sort of four months to save his career, his Liverpool career. Yeah. Um, so he's doing well. He's doing well. But as things stand in late January, I still think we need to go out and sign a, a better goalkeeper in the summer. We're, we're going to go on and look at the defence and how it's made up and how it if in, influenced um, the result and, and I guess Mignolet's performance as well. But would you say that it's, it's probably a fair enough shout that if that defence gets any more dismantled than it already is, we may see that guy uh, drop again in form. Do you think it's as integral as that to how he's improved? Um, I don't know about that. I mean, you'd almost have to ask him himself. You know, you'd have to ask me to let himself, like mm-hmm. how much having three guys regularly playing in front of you helping. I think with any club, having a settled defence is it always improves everyone's form in that defence because, um, you know, you work as a unit, as a, as a back, you know, well, in our case, a back four, three plus a goalkeeper. Um, and so it helps everybody. Everybody improves when you're settled. Um, whether one comes out, I mean, Sacco might be injured there. So whether, you know, someone else coming in destabilizes everybody, including the goalkeeper, perhaps. But I think more than anything, I think he's just got confidence from playing, from, from being more decisive, from playing with more confidence. And as I said, I think that Villa game potentially was the turning point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Paul, uh, I don't think it's talking out of school to say that earlier on you uh, expressed some surprise at the idea of uh, Mignolet having come off his line in a game recently um, um, and, 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 and delight as well. In, in some delight in your voice. Yeah, like, obviously it's quite strange for him and like it, it, it has been great to see him kind of come back into form. And I think, I, I think, I think it kind of takes it away from him a bit to say that's because of the, the defence. Because I always feel that when you're talking about a keeper, like if you start going on about the defenders in front of him, I think it's a bit of a cop-out. I think it's a bit of a cop-out for the keeper. And I also think if you try and say that it's because of the defence in front of him, it kind of takes a bit of the praise away from him because he does deserve praise for the the improvement that he's made like yeah. I, think, I think i think it's for someone who's he's obviously not very comfortable with the ball at his feet or coming out off his line so for him to keep coming out and to, to keep showing for the ball to keep coming out and trying to claim it i think it's brilliant i think i think it's like fairly brave of him mm. and like the chelsea those two saves that one the deflection where he kind of hooked it with his foot and then the the kind of the reaction tackle that he made on costa those that's that's like that's from confidence like i, I think I think a, a keeper who doesn't have that confidence kind of freezes in both of those moments. Mm. He kind of thinks, ah, shit, the deflection's beating me. And he, I think he freezes in front of Costa and it gets buried. So I think, I think it's great to see that he has come back. And I, I think he deserves a lot of credit for it. But I'd be with Session. I think that come the summer, we would be looking for a, like a, someone who a higher quality keeper who can deliver that more consistently well as Sashin says an awful lot of the stuff that we saw from that was good is stuff that you associate with Mini LA anyway the reaction saves and stuff like that um, is it a coincidence or is it a function of him improving generally and having that confidence that his kicking didn't seem to be just as noticeably bad as it has been during the course of the year over, over recent games as well did you not think so? Well, I was going mad last night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he must have been about three or four times. He just hoofed it out of play with well, no did, pressure yeah, on him at he all. He did. He did. I was like, I, I, that's an, that's <clears> another thing. I don't really think there's any saving him. Like, I think, I think he's, I think he's too far down the road in his career for his distribution to yeah. improve much. Yeah. It, it doesn't look like it's ever going to improve much. He still, he still barely reaches the halfway line, even from goal kicks. Hmm. So I don't think, I don't think that aspect of his game is really going to be saved. Hmm. I think you're looking at him kind of improving, coming out off his line and coming out for crosses. And I, I, again, I don't think that we're, he's going to be consistent at that. 
like at this stage of his career, I don't think he's ever going to be that consistent. Doing yeah, that. yeah. Phil, we we we've been talking about this guy. Uh, it seems for two years, the yep. same things all the time. Yep. Um, and we've talked in the run up to the to the transfer window about the necessity. Um, to have a replacement or to have someone to work alongside him, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like it's happening. Mm-hmm. Where are you on this whole Mignolet and, and uh, his form, current form? He's a goalkeeper for me who's exuding the, the characteristics of somebody who no longer has anything to lose. Hmm. I think the, uh, I said it to you earlier, I said basically, looking at the fella, he is someone who has been under intense pressure for the first half of this season. Um, and just when it looked like he was getting his form that's when he got bombed from the actual team that could have ruined him um, he comes back in on the back of an injury as opposed to something else mm-hmm. and then he's he's approached it like he has absolutely nothing left to lose in terms of his performances and he's tried to perf- he's tried to play in a way that would have been expected from from the outset um, so yes he's been better coming for the ball he's been he's been moving around he's been higher up in his box and there's an element that he trusts the defenders that are in front of him whereas he wouldn't have trusted the garbage that was in front of him before Christmas you know so he, he, know, he has an idea that you know Sacco isn't going to do anything absolutely ridiculous um, Emery Chad he knows he's going to get on the ball he's going to be comfortable he's going to be able to lay it off Um and it's, but as we said, as Suits Girl Squirrel is able to play, to play that five yards deeper than he normally would without affecting the actual line that they're playing because Emery Chan and Sacco can press up that little bit higher and it doesn't mean that the whole team is sitting deep on top of them. So everything has come together in the right way for Mignolet to more or less be able to throw his own mental shackles off. Above anything else, just throw his own mental shackles off and go with, it with the best foot forward that he can possibly do. And it, what it's done is it's seen a revival in his shot stopping form because that had gone out the window before Christmas. Like yeah. He was every he was dropping things, simple mm-hmm. shots were getting past them. We're talking about the deflection last night, that would have gone in back in October. Mm. Um, and he looks again, he looks more competent than he did beforehand. But my own re- reservations when we signed him was that we were signing a goalkeeper who's a suitable, who's a, who's, who's a good mid-table goalkeeper, so, uh, along the lines of Begovic or whoever else that, you know, that, that's there, that will always look good in certain games where, where they're active and they're asked to do a lot because they're, they're there. But when it comes down to making that vital difference when you're challenging for a league title or you're challenging for something else, you know, they don't necessarily have the skill level that, that gets you there. Or, or the pressure. Or the presence, yeah. ultimately the presence, because you know, if teams looking at it are still thinking to themselves, we can put Mignolet under pressure. We know that his goal kicks aren't going to go, you know, aren't going to cause us trouble, um, and it's not going to. He's not going to pick somebody out with a with a twenty, thirty, forty yard throw from 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 a collection that he was made. But uh, I would I would prefer to see him play out the season like this, mm. um, and give himself as best a shot as he can to retain his position come the summertime and tragically none of this is our shout because um, we'd all love to be in charge <laughs> but it's, it's assuming Brendan stays there and that's, another, that's a, a pod for another day it's his shout do you would you concur with Paul that it's you know it's not likely that he's going to see much more than this season unless there's something dramatic that happens yeah I, th- I think that we will definitely see a new goalkeeper in the summertime yeah I mean, but again it will depend on who's in charge that will make that decision as to who he is. Yeah, I, d- I definitely keep Minile as a backup. I would. I think he'd, yeah. he would be. He'd be a really good keeper that could come in if there's an injury or something. I just think, I think he knows kind of having played a, a season and a half now or whatever. I think he kind of knows that there's a lot of his game that isn't suited to the way we want to play. And I think that's always going to be in the back of his mind. And I think it's always going to lead to like you know lapses in confidence and stuff. So I, ju- I just think we're better off getting a more suitable kind of first choice. Whereas if he's coming in for a cup or to, 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 to spell in for someone who's injured, they could yeah. work out just fine. De- definitely. And like, even if it, if it 
if him coming in off the bench, if the, if that's the right mentality for him, like we've seen recently where he got dropped and he came back in and he, he was he's like a new keeper. Yeah, like maybe that maybe that would be good. Maybe he could like have a good role for us that way. Mm. I don't think, I, I don't think his wages are huge as well, so you can afford to carry him. Like, would you prefer Mignolet challenging another goalkeeper or Brad Jones being the backup to another well, goalkeeper? Of course, yeah, See, that, that's that's, that's yeah. fundamentally what that, we're talking that, about yeah. here. You look at you look at all the other teams that are in the top half, and like you look at Spurs and they have Loris and they have Vorm. You look at, at City and they have Hart. I don't really rate them, but they have Hart and they've got Caballero, who's 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 you know an adequate goalkeeper. Look at Chelsea, Courtois, and Czech. You know what I mean? They all have um, adequate back. Even United, they have Valdez now and and, and De Gea. Oh, that, that, that hurt during the week, didn't it? Same play for the twenty ones. <laughs> it didn't hurt when Jerome Sinclair knocked one past him. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, a, a name that was getting um, that was getting mentioned there and dropped. Um, Sashin was uh, that of Emery Chan, and obviously people go to the, the to the obvious, and there's been a lot of, kind of lazy lazy chat about him. But we're seeing. I don't know. I don't think it's too strong to say we're seeing the emergence of of, of a really a genuine uh, star for Liverpool um, in this guy. Like the, the presence he has in the ball is is something else. The the the, the drive forward the, and the calming effect that he has as well on on, on the defence and those around him is, is something to behold. Um, totally belies his his tender enough years. Would you agree? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think the fundamental thing about Emre Chan is he's a very good footballer. I mean, you, you get the sense that he could play in many positions. He was probably the kid at school who could, you know, could play, basically play in every position. Probably did play in every position. He's just generally a very good. I think he's a very good all round footballer. Um, I think the move to defence. I mean, I think maybe came as a surprise. Certainly came as a surprise to me, maybe to a lot of people, but wasn't a huge shock given he'd actually done that a lot at Leverkusen. You know, Brendan Rodgers said that, so it's not a completely different position for him. Although I'm guessing playing on the right of a back three perhaps is. Um, I think it's brilliant. And I think what's what's kind of obvious about that position is that Brendan wants a footballer playing there, a footballing defender, because when he first did it against United in December, he had Glenn Johnson there. And he's obviously desirous to have somebody who can carry the ball out. Uh, and then Chan obviously was able to then slot in and, and do that role. You know, he, he can do that role. And I think it's great because it puts the opposition on the back foot thinking there's this guy in, de- in their defence which if we lose the ball high up the pitch he can basically just completely get past that so it must put doubt in opposition forwards opposition midfielders that they can't get too far forward because if you lose it on that side of the pitch he'll just carry it past you yeah. um, I think he's been brilliant I mean for me originally when he arrived what he what was so good about him was he gave us power in midfield which we basically haven't had since and we could argue since Momo Sissoko left um, so he can always give you that still he can always give you that option because we haven't got a lot of you know big presence in midfield but the way things are looking, I mean, he's probably making that third centre-back or that right centre-back position his own. And, um, yeah, he's going to take a lot of shifting at the moment, in my opinion. Uh, but ideally, I'm, get, I'm picking up that you'd be like a lot of us, you'd like to see him um, step forward uh, at least one position there on the pitch, long term. I don't know, actually. Not necessarily. I mean, I, I was slightly unconvinced by the back three, and I still wonder how long Liverpool will play that. I think Rodgers basically sort of threw caution to the wind when he did it. I think he just got to the point where he thought... You know, it's just not working with the back four. We're conceding too many goals. The protection isn't there. Let's do this, and it'll allow me to get other players on the pitch. I don't think he saw it as a long-term solution. I, I certainly didn't. But I mean, it's working really well. I mean, we've we've been, you know, I, you know, we get, you know, we'll probably talk about this later. But our form and our sense of identity has returned, and I think it's got a lot to do with the system. Most of the players will be, you know, very comfortable in it. And I wonder if, you know, I don't know if he's been asked the question yet. But if Rogers is now saying this is my system, this is the system I want to go forward with for the rest of this season, for next season, 
And why wouldn't you necessarily just keep Emre Chan um, as that third midfielder? Maybe when he's a few years older, he don't, he don't, he then does move into midfield because you get the sense that he's probably wasted there. Yeah. But for the next season, at least, perhaps, if they're going to stick with the system, he plays there. What do you think about that, Phil? Is that where <laughs> somewhere you'd like to see him long term? or? Look, ultimately, I think he's the future of our midfield. Um, if if uh, you you look at that formation, and if you had him and Henderson in 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 the middle with three competent centre backs behind them as well, mm. you've got such a powerful midfield. Not only can they cover, they can also go box to box. Um, you know, he he can just power pass players. We as, as Hash says, we we that that was one of the great things. If you remember back when we saw him against. Um, Chelsea in, in the home match in the league and he just powered past Matic and Matic couldn't live with him even last night fella, somebody tried to shoulder, shoulder him and he was knocked flying off him. Like, mm-hmm. I was just laughing saying yeah yeah go on have a go again do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I think he, he'll he offer a lot more in midfield than he will in in, in the centre back position but I, 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 as I said a while back he reminds me so much of um, Ronnie Whelan when he came to the club and that he was comfortable playing at centre-back or he played in centre-midfield and ultimately he ended up in centre-midfield and then he moved back to centre-back again. And, you know, he's so many um, similar traits in terms of the way he plays the game as well. Both of them are great passes. They're great vision when they're on the ball as well. Mm. And they're able to pick out a pass and, and execute it and deliver it well. And when, when they were playing at the back, they didn't look to hoof the ball. If the one thing I notice when he's on the ball at the back, he never looks to hoof it. He takes it down. He, mm. He's aware of the options that are around him and he looks to play it out of the fence. And mm. He will get caught out a couple of times trying to do that. That's, that's going to happen. And, and on all ball-playing centre-halves get caught out at, at, at certain times. And, you know, we, we've, we've watched other teams with ball-playing centre-backs over the years. Um, and we've always said, oh, it would be great to have one of them. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. And now we've got two. Him and Sacco. You know, Sacco is just as good on the ball. He doesn't, it's, it's, it's this thing about what he looks like when he's on the ball, but he, he's so confident. He's so adept to reading a pass and being able to deliver a pass as well. You know, the, the, having the two of them there just gives us so much more at the back that it's not just hoofing it and hoping that somebody at the top end gets on the end of the ball. Mm. It just gives us that little bit extra. And even last, I saw people saying, oh, Chan has had a poor game. I, I don't know what game they're watching. That's incredible. I, I don't know what game I mean, you're watching. The, and most of came out, I think he teared down the right wing, right? Is it where he lost the ball? <laughs> when he lost the ball yeah. to Luis Felipe, in, I mean, up in, on the edge of the Chelsea box. This is your right centre back. Yes. He's just gone yeah. on a run down the wing, right? Yeah. Ran past a couple of players. <laughs> and he, he, he ends up being caught out by their full back. Mm. And then a couple of minutes later, the ball is played, and he's back in position. You mm. know what I mean? It's not that he's just. Yeah, they're like, they went straight down the pitch and he followed them. Like, he was yeah. back with the play. Like, yeah. I think it's all around, like, it's all around potential. It is off the charts. Like, you could pick. You could pick any position along the defence. You could put him fullback. I think mm. he'd be brilliant. You could put him anywhere in midfield. You can probably put him in front of the defence in the engine room, or you could, you could even put him further forward. And I think he looks brilliant. I think he's basically the player that a lot of people think Phil Jones is. I think, I think <laughs> he, he, just, he just he can do like almost anything towards in the it's, middle and the back side of the pitch. <laughs> Phil Jones is like the car prototype and Knight Rider when he finally fixed all the problems the look of it and everything is like oh that's it yeah, that would man don't be my car <laughs> yeah but like um, he, he just seems to be able to do absolutely anything and I, yeah, I'm with Sasson. I don't think I don't think we're gonna be long term with three centre backs. I don't think Rogers has got. I think he's kind of done it as a quick fix for the moment, and he's running with it because it's worked. But I think in the summer, I think he will want to go back mm. to four at the back, and I think I think it would be probably a bit of a waste keeping Chan back there because because of what he could become if he develop, keeps developing as a midfielder. Because like his all around the game is just it's ridiculous. Yeah, in the short term, Sasson, we're gonna uh, uh, hopefully keep this. Um, 
system the way it is and keep the personnel the way it is, but the way they are. But that will be very much dependent on how long uh, Mamasako is out for. Have you heard anything or what the latest is on that injury of his? I haven't no, no, I, I don't know. Hope, hopefully not too serious. I mean, the worry is is uh, Lovren comes back in and just uh, fucks it all up completely. <laughs> yeah, we, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just discussing the the, the potential for the the Johnson uh, Lovren and Skirtle. Uh, are the Ivory Coast out of the African nations? <laughs> <laughs> Please yeah, come back, exactly, Colo. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, cool yeah. for Colo. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know how long he's out for. Just just one thing on Saka. I mean, like everyone, I'm sure you guys well. I've you know I'm, I've become a huge huge fan of his, and uh, I think he's been brilliant. Got to say one thing though. I still think the way he his body shape is very strange. He does seem to burn his heel a bit. And I know 98% of the time, 99% of the time, it's fine. He looks a bit awkward, but he plays the ball very well. But there was that one sideways pass he played yesterday which mm. where he gave the ball away. And I just, I don't know. I'd love to sort of ask him in a way, like, does he have to sort of play like that in a way? Is he just <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, he just looks. Very I've never brave. seen... I've never seen a really good footballer look so bad, if you know what I mean. He just He's obviously clearly very good, but he's kind of this, the way, you know, he sort of, he plays on his heels almost. It's really bizarre. Yeah. And you always feel that type of pass he played yesterday, that could, that could happen at any moment in a game. It's just slightly worrying with him, but maybe I'm overblowing it. But um, well, as I, I said, he has generally been excellent. I, I always get a little bit wary of, of, of the whole uh, thing because it, remo- it brings me back to, Alex Ferguson and Jordan Henderson's running gate, and uh, that was that yeah. was that was proven to be fairly uh, fairly shy observation on his part. But yeah, no, I, I I totally accept what you're saying. But we we would would you you would be very much agreeing with what I was saying there. We <laughs> he's absolutely central to us um, keeping this gun reasonably good run going, isn't he? Oh no, absolutely. I mean, he's been fantastic since he came back. Um, why he sort of lost his place originally? You know, there was obviously talk of sort of problems behind the scenes with him and Brendan Rodgers. I don't know if that's true. And I think he came back through necessity almost. Rodgers thought, I just have to bring this guy back in because Lovren shot and um, he was going to the three, obviously, and he's left-footed, all that stuff. So but he's been brilliant. And, um, yeah, he's clearly a very, very talented defender. And I think what, once this injury, however long it has been for, we can't have... He had an injury, was it last season or start of this season, where then he just couldn't get back into the team. Once mm. it's over this injury, you just have to bring him back. You know, I don't think we need... The, Problems we had last time of him. Yeah, he's clearly. We haven't got many world class centre backs. Well, re- realistically speaking, if if we have to go on a run um, of games with uh, Glenn Johnson in that position, and it, it looks like he's ahead of Lovren. Let's be honest. Um, that the, how how worried would that make you? Like to be perfectly honest, based on what you saw last night, for example. Well, with Glenn Johnson playing, yeah, yeah. Um, possibly. I mean. I don't know with Johnson. I, I, he's a funny one because, again, he's like Chan in the way that he's a very talented footballer. I think his talent is beyond doubt. He's kind of almost his levels of concentration, his levels of desire. Now, if he's if this contract situation gets sorted out, which has been hanging around for a bit, maybe that will, you know, I think that's been at the back of his mind a bit. I don't think he's particularly happy that this hasn't been sorted out. If that gets sorted, that might help. I mean, I think generally four part, you know, four parts would be best if he just leaves in the summer. I think um, we've reached that point with Johnson where. Uh, it's just generally doesn't feel like it's going to work out, uh, and I would be slightly concerned if he's playing now for a sustained period of time. But then again, he's he's capable, as he's shown during his entire Liverpool career, to have a spell where he's absolutely brilliant. And this role of a ball playing centre half, if you guys have been talking about, it could actually suit him quite well. So 
reserve judgment until he's in the team. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that's probably the healthiest thing for all of us to do. Um, uh. I think I think he's awful. <laughs> I do genuinely yeah. like, when, when he came on last night you've never mentioned that before no <laughs> but when he came on last night it was just it, it, it was like a nuclear explosion went off in, in the defensive solidity that we've had for so long it was just like he was they stopped attacking down Chan side and the whole lot and they just focused solely where he was and there was a gaping hole that they just kept running into mm. and he was just trotting around like What's going on? How did I end I, up here? I'm going to risk your wrath and yeah. say I didn't think he was that bad last night. I didn't notice him oh, being too bad. But you didn't notice him because he was the phantom defender. He may as well have been sitting <laughs> up in the stand for like 25 minutes. He was out of position a lot, to and be fair. The, the, I know we get on to. The, I know we haven't talked about the goal, and I know we're going to get on to you know Balotelli's stupid pass and, and him tracking Costa on the run and, and leaving a. Well, let's talk goal. about it now. We might as well talk about. Okay, it well, if the one thing that and, and Carragher came out and said, look, he, he wouldn't have put all the blame on Balotelli in that instance because if they're Americans only. Costa runs into the zone that Balotelli's marking mm. and he has to go with him. So the person that's marking the next zone then is the Phantom. And he um <laughs> he's no he's like he's actually get turns off so much on that free kick that he's behind everybody mm. when the header goes in. So even like the likes of um Chan and Skirtle are level with the Chelsea players and you know, ready for if the ball is in their zone so they're going to attack it. There's nobody in that zone. Because your man is standing at on, on the other side uh, looking at the fella heading the ball at the back. Now you'd also question why is Balotelli, if they are picking up man-to-man, right, why is Balotelli picking up Ivanovic, who's arguably mm. their biggest threat off a set-piece? Yeah. Because how many times have Ivanovic scored goals off set It always seems like every second week or every third week, Ivanovic is scoring a header off a set-piece. And if you look at the still, it's absolutely remarkable. He's three feet higher than everybody else in acres of space. Mm. That's just negligent, yeah. and it was a like it was a con because there was a couple of corners as well where Balotelli was marking Ivanovic, so it was a conscious decision that kind of you're picking up Ivanovic yeah. when like so. I know he obviously we kind of go half zonal, don't we, in those corners? So yeah. he wants to put like the likes of Skirtland Chan along this six yard box, the the big lads. But you have to have someone who's at least going to compete with mm-hmm. Ivanovic, like because it's not Balotelli, like that's not Balotelli's game. He, he even said to Rogers, didn't he, in training, I if, don't if, mark a corner. If you're going to so. use him, you use him at, as 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 the fella at just off the near post, towards the edge of the six yard box. So there was someone just to fizz it in at the near post. He's more or less taking a free header to clear it. Something that Lucas like what does, Gerard, like, yeah, or, or Lucas yeah. does as well, right? So mm-hmm. you know that's where you put him. You don't give him the responsibility of picking up arguably Chelsea's They're best most header. Dangerous, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and look, the, the goal itself, you know, it's crazy. You see, he's involved again there. That's yeah. why people have the name. Oh, no, no, no. And, and look, I fully, the, the, the initial phase, yeah. it's, it's a very sloppy pass. It puts Lucas under pressure. Lucas then looks like the third player that he was from about 60 minutes on. Now, again, going back to the Johnson change, you know, the, the, uh, there were so many things wrong with, what, with the in game management that went on last night. You know, the, the dropping Gerard back into midfield, bringing Gerard back. Yeah, you know when when obviously at that stage they're going to they've made substitutions to freshen things up, mm. and you need your legs in the centre of the park. And we looked visibly like we couldn't get out of our own half at that stage. And if you think back to the first half when we were playing reasonably well, we were pushed up, we were pressing, we were hurrying them the whole lot. And from about 55, 60 minutes on, that dropped off. So there's a question I, I, I couldn't figure out I know you leave Steven Gerrard on because he's a goal threat or whatever but in that instance you know there's as much reason to take him off if you're going to switch the, the thing around to play Lambert up top which God knows what, what he's going on there putting him onto the pitch for right um, but you could have brought Lallana on he's going to keep the, the pressure high he's going to at least be able to run around the pitch and close and off and he's space. seen that substitution work comparatively well recently I mean, especially it, in the last game it happened you know? that, like, that, that's the one thing I looked at like we next to nothing on the bench Like we, we know he doesn't particularly rate Balotelli or Lambert so attacking 
wise, he didn't have much that he wanted to put on. But Lalana for Gerard was it looked that looked like one of the only natural changes you could make to me because like obviously obviously we're not going to dominate them at Stamford Bridge the way we did like in midfield at Anfield. So the midfield is going to be more functional like Lucas and Henderson, and you're relying more on the kind of the two behind the striker to get turned <laughs> and get us going the way Coutinho does, and uh, so. It made sense to put just put Lalana there because that's what he can do. He can get he can get us turned and get us running at the, the Chelsea defenders. And he didn't go for it. And he, he dragged Gerrard back into you know where Chelsea are strongest. Every everyone behind Costa, you've like you've got Hazard, Willian, and all like buzzing all over the place. And he drags Gerrard back into that late on in the game when Gerrard's when Gerrard's no, tired. So. And, and you could see he visibly was tired as well. Yeah, I heard people uh, one or two people saying last night, what what what's the point of Willian? What does Willian do? Willian just never stops running. He's always there. He's always linking play. I mean, William would have smashed shit up if we got him. Yeah, he'd have been brilliant for us. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm with you. You see, some of our hands are like, he's shy. You're like, what? Just stop. watch the game. Like, Just stop. You know, Sachin, we're gonna go off, gone off target there, and I want to get back to the actual concession of the goal itself, and just talk about it briefly because we need to, and then we'll go back to the in-game management and all those kind of things later. But. Um, on the goal itself, it's very, very, very hard to be too critical of Lucas, even though he totally lucas it by giving mm. a free kick away in the Lucas zone. Um, you know, it's hard to be too critical on him because the guy was absolutely <laughs> immense. Like, it's hard to be too critical. He lucas it in the Lucas <laughs> zone. He did, he did. Exclusive by Lucas <laughs> Aid. Listen, listen, I, anyone who knows me knows I'm a fan of the guy, but I, I, like, you know, like he had an immense match, I thought, and <laughs> unfortunately, his thing happened. Um, but it, it's because of of Balotelli's ridiculously lazy pass, isn't it? Yeah, no, unlike you, I'm not going to uh, criticise Lucas and I'm joking. Um, no, I think <laughs> he, played, uh, he played brilliantly. He was immense. He has been immense for weeks. He was fantastic. He just looks like a leader on the pitch as well. You know, I think he was getting the referee's ear a bit. He was, um, he was just kind of getting laterally and vertically across midfield, just covering so much space as well. And, you know, quite rightly, he was probably a bit tired. It was a slightly tired tackle, but it was also, I think, a tackle out of desperation from a, you know, sort of panicking in a way because he didn't see it coming because Balotelli gave the ball away. You know, yeah. and it was, it ultimately came to that. I mean, saying all of that, you know, it has been my biggest bugbear of the season. You know, okay, Balotelli gives the ball away, Lucas fouls, but it's still then a set piece which we could do better at clearing and we have been absolutely appalling at yeah. set pieces. And it never improves, yeah. It does improve, I don't know how much time Roger spends on it on the, on the, on the training pitch. I personally don't think he cares enough about uh, defending set pieces, I just don't think he gets angry enough about it. It go, you know, goes way back to sort of the Roy Evans era of, of every time Liverpool get a corner, a set piece against them. I'm sort of ricking it, thinking, okay, they might not score, but they're going to get a chance out of this. Yeah. You can't go on, you know. It just this is unsustainable for for a football club. How can you keep winning trophies? How can you win trophies if you have defend set pieces? And I. I know people say, oh, actually, you only ever concede, I don't know, 0.3 of corners and free kicks. Well, it feels like sort of 97, 98% with Liverpool, mm. that opposition win them. They might not score from them, but they win them, which then creates more mm. doubt, and in the, which then leads in itself to more goals. So it's kind of a vicious cycle. Um, yeah. And when you, know. you, when, you, when you kind of juxtapose that with our uselessness at the far end with our own set pieces, <laughs> it's just not yeah. a very strong area for a game. Well, somebody, somebody, I can't remember, somebody made a really good point where they said um, probably one of the reasons we're so bad at them is in training, they're never defending good set pieces of defence because we can't take good ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. shit at defending them. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's bizarre because last season we scored loads of goals from corners as well. So I, I don't know why 
we're not doing it anymore. Um, but yeah, that, that's, I'm not as worried about that too much because I think the goals from open play will improve once Sturridge comes back, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think yeah. defending them is just it's just absolutely appalling, and yeah. it can't go on next year. It really can't. Uh, Phil, you want to come in there? Yeah, like <laughs> you, you look at defensively, and over the two the two ties, we were actually quite good. Straight up, like we were, like in terms of what we did mm. against Chelsea, over given 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 the reputation they've taken into it, given you know everything that's going on, but they don't cross the ball. They don't cross the ball. We hate crosses. We hate crosses, but they do on set pieces. So you think like the only yeah, the only crosses they did. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, 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 the two goals come from yeah. a penalty, right? Which comes off the across from the ba- from the from the void line, mm. and the second goal is a, is a free kick whipped in. Now. The, you know, you could look at how many other things could we have done to stop that. You, you, maybe if you have a more proactive goalkeeper, he comes through the forest of bodies and tries to get a punch in that ball. It's a horrible ball in terms of it's. It's a great delivery because it's whipped away and back in. You know what I mean? Mm. But at the same time, if you have a lunatic coming for that, like and just coming for everything, he probably comes out and does something with it. If you know, if I'm looking at it and saying, does Courtois do something there? He probably does. He probably mm. takes command of the situation. He looks at he was lining up in the defence. <laughs> bollocks to that! I'm going to have to come for it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if it comes into that particular area. So it's like yeah. this, I'm going to have to come for everything there. And it's, it's the frustration of free headers because even going like going back to you know the previous games, the Villa game, you know when we when we won that, that the Villa match, and you remember the chances that they made were offset pieces, and it, it, it was again it was poor finishing, but we seemed to be better at mopping up the second chances that were, were coming off set pieces, which is something we hadn't done. So there was this, there's been a progression there in terms of being able to tidy up after the initial melee or mayhem that's going on. Mm. We seem to be getting mm. better tidying that piece up, but we can't seem to defend the first header. So if the first header is a header and goal. They've got a 50-50 chance whether they're going to score. And, and that's, that's literally where we are at this moment in time. And it's a shame, really. It, 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 but again, it doesn't really change anything from last night, even though we can see that we had to score. Yeah. If we didn't, if that goes to nil all after 120 minutes, we still go out on the away goal rule. Mm. So the fact that we can't score is a bigger problem in that Chelsea match. But that was my immediate reaction as well. I was like, oh, fuck it, we still had to score anyway. We still had to score. And, you know, to take it to whatever. you know, And, 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 and we just had nothing. No, we didn't. And like, I was more depressed after that game last night. I don't. I. I wasn't buying into the whole. Oh, that's you know, great signs of progression of the whole. I've. I've seen signs of regression in the Bolton game and in that game. Yes, our football looks a lot, a lot better to watch in terms of the way we're playing with it. You know, it, it, there seems to be purpose and, and the whole lot around it. But it just. What, where we were making chances in, in the games before then we seem to have stopped making chances I can only think of two real clear ones which was the, the save Courtois pulls off um, on, on the 1v1 and then also the missed header from Henderson yeah. you know the, the missed header from Henderson is the moment where we lose that tie mm. you know he's get, he gets a header seven yards out goal is wide open and he doesn't get that on target if he gets that mm. if he gets that two yards inside the post it's a goal and it's you know it's penalties mm. Paul if, it feels a little harsh doesn't it to, 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 to go at the, um, Henderson's miss because I'm not going to him I'm just no, 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 I, I'm, in I'm, terms of yeah, no. oh no you said what you said Phil right yeah, <laughs> actually, I'm going to him <laughs> yeah it, it does seem harsh to say it right mm. but if that's Lambert if that's Balotelli right the amount of fucking abuse that will be going on and they miss it, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, okay. The amount of abuse that goes on, or even the, the, the level of abuse Sterling gets from missing well, chances. Now, I don't think Henderson's exactly been bereft of abuse over the course of his career. No, no, you but know, I'm, he's I'm, earned I'm, a break. I, I know, but what I'm saying to you is, again, it's the player that's on it, right? Yeah. That, you know, there isn't the same level of vitriol that's gone towards the miss itself. Mm. Right? You, you put one of the, the two lads up front who just aren't performing. You put Barini in that position, like Barini's miss against Bogdan at the, at the weekend when he should put, put that in the back of the net and he allows Bogdan to save it, right? Um, you know that, that's that's what I'm talking about. They're they're the key moments mm. that you need 
the players, the strikers to stand up and, and make them count. And even the midfielders, if, if, if Henderson is going to be the leader at this club, right, then that's the, that's the moment where leaders like the likes. Of, that's what what say Keane would have done for you know when, yeah, when you think back to Chorian. That's 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 when he, that's when he makes yeah. the difference. When you think of what Gerrard has done through the years, that's when he's made the difference. Those mm. big, really important moments. That's when the, those players have stepped up and, and made their mark. Yeah, in the midfield area where. And I take Phil's point that scoring is very much a part of the midfielder's job, especially these days in the way that we play. But in the midfield areas, when he was allowed to play in the bloody midfield and wasn't getting shunted out to wing back or whatever to accommodate Jared moving back in when those strange changes were going on, he did his job uh, more than impressively. You know, Lucas alongside him, it's a good unit. Yeah, I think, obviously, because I think... With the system that we have, like I think we saw kind of two sides of the midfield, like one at Anfield where they were they were all over Chelsea, like and we completely kind of outplayed them. And then I thought at Stamford Bridge it was a bit more functional from Henderson and Lucas, hmm. where they they protected, they screened really well. Yeah. And then it, it was kind of just like a bit more functional going forward, just kind of make sure we get the ball into the the, more, the forward players who can obviously that there's more space for them to break into then. So yeah, it is it is a decent unit, and um, I thought it was quite harsh for Henderson to be moved out. When the, when the substitutions were happening, to, for him to be moved out to wing back and basically be playing right, like basically or as a right back yeah. up against the the wide players. So, yeah, I, I thought I thought that was a, a poor substitution, really. Uh, uh, Lucas took a, a, a very impressive yellow card for the team at just at the right time. A delightfully cynical foul as well. Which which, which one did he actually get booked for? Because he could have been booked for. <laughs> well, he could, in fairness, yeah, but he left his foot in nicely. I, I I have to say I love stuff like that. Like you just you, you're up off your cage, going get. In, you know, that's that's what you want to say. Well, yeah, like 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 we're all gone mad about Costa, but let's be honest. If it was one of our players getting the little stamps in, winding everyone up, we'd, we'd loved it. We loved it when Suarez. Did Listen, it. we had a fellow who's bitten somebody on the pitch, yeah, right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and 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 has done and did those stamps. Like there was remember the one on the back of Morales's leg in, yeah, in the, the derby, stamping, right? Yeah. yeah, like he pulled Raphael's hair. Do you remember that? In, yeah, you know, yeah. Like he he was he's a master of the dark arts as well. And, and had Costa signed for us when we went in from. Imagine having the, the amount of destruction that would have been on the pitch with yeah. those two. Like, like they could have taken turns as to who's going to go nuts this week. People are being so I don't know easily offended. Wait till the real cost comes out and he starts gobbing on his hand and yeah. flicking at oh, God. face. Like, let's oh. be honest, that's that's the real cost. Yeah. He hasn't even showed up yet. His whole game is about winding the opposition up, right? Yeah. And you can see even at the end of it, like the, the players themselves know what he's what he's up to, mm. right? Mm. You know, there's, there's a whole lot. Like, fair play to Henderson standing up to him last week, but that's that's to cost it. That's he's getting the reaction he wants. No matter what you do to that fucker, right? He's just once he's getting a reaction out of you, and mm. he's not getting punished for the reactions, mm. then he's winning in his head. He is winning. It's yeah. absolutely incredible how he doesn't get punished, though. Like you know, <laughs> you know when he, as soon as him and Chan fall like beside each other off the pitch, if you're a referee, surely every fibre of your being says. Costa has fallen on someone here. Something's <laughs> going to happen. I'll just keep my eye on it. Yeah. But no, Costa gets up, stamps straight down on Chan's like, like, like everyone in the stadium knew he was going to do. Yeah. And it, nothing. He just gets away with it. It's and absolutely then, incredible. And then the skirt one is the exact same. Yeah. It's going yeah. And it's going to be like, he's like fucking Michael Myers or something. Like, you know, he's like, oh, look, something's <laughs> going to happen here. How, how come she doesn't know something going to How come she doesn't know he's there? That's what it's like to read the ref. Ref, look, look, look. It's about to happen, ref. Would you not look at it? No. <laughs> 
bang, elbow in the face, or a stamp on the ankle. It's like it's like a really bad horror film or something like yeah. that. And I believe he's gotten his three matches, uh, and it'll probably get reduced to one on appeal, and that's it. And it's only on the Chan incident, the Skirtle one, I believe, wasn't yeah. flagged at all. So I think Skirtle one is a bit more like he, he could probably claim like, oh, I was trying to jump over. He clearly wasn't, but yeah. like the Chan one was. Well, the like his manager one. said, it was an accident. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, he, he, yeah. Tr- he tries to jump over him, notices that he's on the ground, and you can see the leg just. Uh, it's like just on Skirtle's ankles the whole time. Like, did you see Markovic doing the off the ball shoulder in terms of Oscar's face? Yeah, yeah. It was beautiful. Like, you, know, you can only see it down the bottom of the camera. We, like, we do need like a little bit more of that. I thought. Yeah, I think yeah. he's got that about him, you know. I yeah. think he could really develop that side of his game really, really nicely. Yeah. And in fairness, his comrade on the other side got the most delightful uh, dig in on Ivanovic, who was breaking down the flank. And Moreno tracked him all the way back, knocked him to shit on his arse and emerged with the ball and strolled majestically up the field. That's what you want to see. My my favourite was, do you remember when um, Costa was breaking and himself and Sterling were running side by side each other and it was like uh, Costa took a mad dive. (laughs) It's just like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And he's looking around going... I was fouled here, and the referee was like, "No, you weren't. You didn't even touch legs." <laughs> but that, that was kind of about Costa's fifth like bookable yeah. offence at this stage of being horrible dive. The ref said, "As he was up, no, nope, didn't see it. Didn't, didn't see, see it. it. No. It's Michael Myers. He's right there. <laughs> no, nope, can't see it." Uh, Sachin, um we've we've name checked uh, um, Raheem Sterling. Um, a, a very very industrious performance by him, leading the line. Um, uh, I thought he was one of our more impressive. Uh, performance by a mile of course when you're in the middle there you're tasked with scoring the goals he didn't do that but you know a, a very a very very willing and, 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 and decent performance by him yeah no he was he was excellent again um, he's you know he's sort of learning on a job really I mean playing a lone strike is hard enough but let alone when you're not actually a strike as well I think you know you were talking about long term positions with Emre Chan. I, I think as things stand this is certainly not a long term position for him and not just because um, Sturridge is to come back. I just think Sterling's finishing is still generally really, really hit and miss. He just isn't a natural finisher. You know, if you talk about Robbie Fowler being a natural finisher, he's he's clearly not. Um, and obviously, that's something he can work on. He's extremely young, and he'll get better at it. And he and he, you know, he has scored some decent goals this season. But I just think he's going to miss more than he than he scores. So I think the perfect role for him is just to play off someone with you know so, someone like Sturridge. So he's still got that space to run into because he he's got so much pace, he's got so much stamina, he's got so much willing. Um, I think one of the real disappointments, he got lost a bit in the end because it was so early on, but that moment early on where he didn't square the ball to Gerrard, um, mm. sort of early on first half, I mean that was for me a massive moment, I mean watching the replay as well, he just rolls that ball to Gerrard and I think Gerrard's pretty much one-on-one with Courtois and you know he's, he's clear on goal, I mean little things like that which just show that sort of instinct of playing as a lone striker, when to go, when to give under pressure from centre backs, he hasn't got. But as I said, he's done fantastic well, given it's not his natural position. Yeah, and what about what about Coutinho behind him? We, we might as well talk about the two guys together because um, one man was always kind of looking for the other. And Coutinho, actually, I had a wee chat on Twitter with somebody last night who was trying to tell me that Coutinho wasn't that impressive. Um, I, I begged to differ. I thought he was fantastic. Um, what? Did, how did you feel he performed on the night? I thought he was brilliant. I think I think he's he's been here two years now. He came up January twenty thirteen, and I think undoubtedly this is his best spell at the club. I think he's been he's absolutely fantastic. The way he carries the ball through through midfield from sort of 
you know, the edge of the D and, and the opposition's half to the edge of the D on their penalty area is just absolutely sublime. I mean, he's playing with with great confidence. And as you said, his link-up play with Sterling is brilliant. I mean, I can't believe anyone thought he had a poor game. I thought he was brilliant. thought he did as much as he could. Um, I'm still not convinced he's a... He's saying everything I've said. He's an out and out number ten, just purely because I don't think he's going to get you the goals. I just don't think he's he's got it in him to get the goals that a number eventual number ten needs to get for a side. But I think I don't know how it will work. You know, once everyone's fit and depending a lot on the system we play. I mean, if we go back to the sort of the, the diamond, I think that would suit him best coming in from that sort of a slightly deeper midfield position. I mean, I think the archetypal Coutinho game for me was the 5-1 against Arsenal last year where he played as a mid- in a midfield three and um, as well as he showed a great ability to press the ball in that game which he did fantastically well and then to immediately spring a pass to Sturridge uh, to Sterling to Suarez ahead of him and I think he can do all of those things brilliantly well and from a deep position he can carry it forward as well so I think if Liverpool do go back to a four-man midfield in some sort of shape or a three-man midfield um, that's where he'll ideally be played I'm just not quite convinced that he's a he's a the long-term number 10. Phil, that's one of the things that, 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 that sort of sticks in your craw as you're watching Liverpool at the moment. You're watching Coutinho, who's patently such a wonderful player in wonderful form, and you're thinking, imagine just one more guy who's mobile and inventive ahead of him, as well as Sterling, as in Dan <coughs> Sturridge, and like the, the, the havoc that could be wreaked, you know? <laughs> yeah, every time he gets in the ball, he's looking for runners. So when 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 we bring on the other two um, up front, they don't, he doesn't have anything in front of him, and you can see that that's the difference. When when he had even Lallana, the, the, the Lallana not bringing Lallana on confused the hell out of me because the one thing he does do is provide the movement that helps us. Which is the point I'm making. So you're watching yeah. this guy, he's labouring away and as Sachin said, so wonderful at carrying the ball and taking it through uh, that little zone. Takes it through crowds. What, he, what, what he's crowds, great yeah. is, he's great to be able to play. He'll take it on to beat one, play one, two, be back around the other side of the man, pick and it up, look if, at, if and look. If there was a if ball on, he can give the ball, yeah. but the ball tends not to be these no, days. When, when that, that's when we went to a, a very, very static, statuesque front two, you know what I mean? So looking at it, you're saying... Um, I thought he. I thought of all our players, he was the standout player for me. Like I, I think Chan had a great game in terms of what he did. But I, I, looking at Coutinho, if something was going to happen, it was always going to come off the boot of Coutinho. Mm. Again, similar to Sterling, his shooting is woeful. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and that's his, his, his greatest bugbear. It's, it's, it's the pulley drag shot that he that he always hits. Pulley draggy, yeah. The pulley draggy shot. <laughs> yeah. But like, for me, he remains. He remains a, a player um, clo- closest in style to Iniesta. So he isn't. An, a, 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 he isn't a ten. He isn't like a, a powerhouse midfielder, but he what he is 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 a link player in that midfield, um, who's incredibly good attacking wise, will create magic around the box and create things for other people to go and finish off, mm. and that's 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 quintessentially Iniesta. Like, and he he was the best in terms of doing that. Like, you wouldn't say that Iniesta is a front three player. Mm. At the same time, you wouldn't say he's a box to box midfielder. You also wouldn't expect Iniesta to be particularly effective if he had uh, Balo and and, and Lampos ahead of him. No, you, you wouldn't. But then you could be surprised. Maybe he's just that little bit better than Coutinho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, what do you, where, where do you stand on on, on the Sterling and Coutinho performances from 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 the last two games? Really, 
Yeah, I think. Well, um, I think Sterling was obviously he always he was always going to have a real tough job at Stamford Bridge. There was obviously going to be a lot of running against up against four lads, basically almost on his own yeah. with uh, Coutinho trying to break break up with him and Gerard when he could. Um, Coutinho, he's just been absolutely spectacular to watch recently. I've just, I've loved the way he's kind of reacted to the roles that the, those two roles that have been created nearly behind the lone striker, the narrow kind of. Uh, there, it's what is it? It's like the top of a box midfield, like the yeah, two of them yeah. behind the striker. And uh, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Just say it for the words. <laughs> you are top of the box. Just completely ignore him and go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I just like the way he's reacted. The responsibility that he's taking. It, it doesn't matter who we're playing. You know what he's going to do. He's going to drop into midfield, pick the ball up, yeah. spin past someone and run. And he'll just do it all day. I mean, Mourinho is one of the. He's one of the best in the business at stopping the opposition playing. And he's had kind of weeks of looking at Liverpool, and he still couldn't stop Sterling. Couldn't touch him, yeah. with, like Matic is one of the best players around, mm. basically, and they still couldn't touch him. You can't stop. Yeah, you have to stop Liverpool other ways because you're basically at the moment you're not going to stop Coutinho. But that was the yeah. main reason he, he played Zuma last night as opposed to Cahill. Because Zuma has more pace about him. And you could see there was a couple of times Sterling looked to break and you thought he was he was true and Zuma was able to catch back up with yeah. him again. Yeah. He zoomed up a piece of side. He did zoom up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um <laughs> we, we should we should we've we, we, a certain limited time left, so I want to go through a couple of things. We should touch on on, on Brendan's um, substitutions and, 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 and the way that the game panned out because of those decisions. And we might also touch as a result of that on Gerard and the use of Gerard in terms of Look, I don't know, maybe this is going to sound very, very uh, controversial. I don't think it will, but he looked like a bit of a waning force, I thought, in that game last night. And cr- I think it's accepted. Cr- crying I think, out to I be I think that's accepted. I think, and we sort of brushed on the, on the substitutions. Like They're baffling. All in, they're baffling. Like, we spent 20 million quid on a, on a centre-back in the summertime and we bring on a fella who, who's out of contract and offers absolutely nothing to the team, right? So, you either, uh, is that means that, does that mean that Lovren is finished in terms of, uh, in, in Brendan's eyes, that he's finished? Because it wasn't that even Johnson was coming on as a right centre-back. He came on as the left centre-back. You yeah. know what I mean? That, that, mm. That's Lovren's yeah. first-choice position. So you'd imagine if you're going to bring a guy back into the team, at least he's coming back in in his natural position, and you're saying he's a centre back. So at least have a, a concept of what he has to do there. He'd have to be on the bench in the first place, wouldn't he? He was on the bench. Oh, he was okay. Yeah. No, it was oh, the previous game. He yeah, was, yeah, he so. wasn't on the bench yeah. for, for yeah. the Bolton game. Yeah. So you know that that's baffling. Yeah. Right. He brings Balotelli on. You can start to see the logic, but you, the, the game is screaming out for Lallana and not Balotelli to come in in that instance, mm. right? Because mm. you want to keep you want to keep that mobility in the in the front three. Mm. You want to make sure that the running is still there as you head into extra time and hopefully gaps open. Up. By bringing Balotelli on, we know that he's not going to do the same level of And it's going to reduce that tempo and mobility. Yeah. So then what do you do next? Uh, the you, Lambert. You, you take on Ricky Lambert. You know, and, and with the best one in the world, that, that kills it. The, I've, I've, any I've, danger. There is, there was, when I heard Lambert was getting warmed up, I, 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 I thought it was a wind up. <laughs> like, yeah. listen, we, we've been strikerless basically our, for our starting formation for what is it the guts of two months now because he doesn't rate the likes of Barini Balotelli or Lambert to start so this baffles me when like you know when we're looking for something and he throws them out that these are like the first people that he turns to, to because throw the guys on. are shattered mentally like you know in terms of confidence they have to be yeah and they know they're not trusted and they're, they're not awfully good either well, yeah. and, uh, but like but he started Lalana before Lalana got injured Lalana was a starter as well so this makes no sense to me that like he's got Lalana on the bench there and we're playing the formation where Lalana can play in one of the two behind the strikers, and he doesn't go for it. He, he he throws on the strikers who he obviously doesn't rate enough to start. Hmm. So, so he, what, he just throws them. It's like throwing you, shit at the wall and hoping you, some if, of it sticks. Like, but if if you think about it, when he brings them on, we then start lumping crosses into the box. 
Jesus wept. That's all Chelsea want us to do. Yeah. And it's, La- it's Lambert going out wide and throwing them across the yeah. yeah. Sterling. Yeah. He was up against two teams because Balotelli is playing left wing at this stage. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong so with that what? picture? Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. Sashi, what, what was your take on, on Brendan's decisions and the way in which the, the substitutions panned out? Like, I mean, would you share the frustration that's uh, clearly evident in the two lads here? Yeah, I, I totally agree with, with the guys there. I mean, just quickly on Lovren, I think it's one of two things. It's either just a, a purely sort of tactical thing where he thinks Lovren can't play on the on the wide in the wide defensive positions because I want people to carry the ball there, etc. So he can only replace Skirtle through the middle, or it's what's probably more likely. He just doesn't trust him, and he's and he's doomed, and he'll try and sell him in the summer, which is I think the more likely scenario. I think I quite I feel quite sad about the situation because spend twenty million pounds on centre half and for it to go this badly is just terrible. And I still think in there somewhere is a decent player, but. I, I just think he's doomed. I think if you're not, as, as a, you know, as you said there, if you bring in on Glenn Johnson instead of Lovren for the left centre back position, then that just bodes poorly. On Lallana, I'm a huge fan of Lallana. I think he's a really, really good player. I think he should be playing more. I don't understand why at the start of the season um, he, he he had that sort of huge period where he didn't play. He had a couple of games in a row where he played really well against West Brom, I think, and then away at Real Madrid. And then he didn't play for months. Then he gets back in the team and he does really well. And then he can't get back in the team again. It's baffling. Um, Ricky Lambert, self-explanatory, just a bonkers decision. And Balotelli, I think with Balotelli now, it's got to the point where he's just throwing him on, hoping, desperately hoping that he'll just do something, that he'll just, you know, he'll roll the ball off um, outside the area, smash it, and it'll go into the top corner. And he'll just do one of those mad Balotelli things, which he's done throughout his career. It gets to sort of desperate levels with him now. Um, I thought he was absolutely appalling yesterday. I thought the he had that shot, that side foot shot. Um, I think it was in the first period of extra time, which was which ballooned over the bar, which was just technically absolutely atrocious. It was abject, he, yeah. It was terrible. Then he has that sort of shot in the second the second half of extra time where he should have crossed it. Um, he's it was just an absolutely appalling um, performance. And yeah, and I agree with all the guys. I thought all the subs were really really strange. Yeah, um, but it is that thing that we're saying for, isn't it? That like, yeah, okay, the guys individually were were poor when they came on, but like, they know that their manager doesn't particularly trust them. So, like, what what did he expected Mario Baltelli to do, having been digging him out during the week? It's it's hard to, it's hard to know, isn't it? It's it, it's it's a hard logic to understand if you've been you know uh, criticizing a player, um, saying that he's struggling to get into form, and the whole lot, and the first person that you bring on to change your um, your options up front. And poor Lalana standing there in his little <laughs> bib going, "Pick me, boss." He's, standing, <laughs> he's the only one standing he's up. The rest of them are covered in blankets. Lalana's there, me, me, me. Yep. Not a chance. I just I look, you know, and I think everyone was confused as to why. At least get him on for the moment. I, I, you know, and some things I always wonder, wonder about because he didn't have a particularly good game against Bolton. You know what I mean? And mm. just because a player has one bad game doesn't make them you know doesn't take them out of the, the, the form that they've been in now when he came out against Chelsea the last time he had that wonderful shot that saved by Courtois you mm. know and it yeah. led to that resurgence that we had for that that second part of, of, of the game in Anfield and you're saying you know maybe some some players like playing against certain teams it's like you know you're saying to yourself maybe he'd relish coming on here and being the hero in terms of what's there because I know Lambert would love to come on and, and relish being the hero <laughs> he's not going to be yeah. unless something mad happens even the one that um there was a free out given for it. it his header is <laughs> horrific. He wasn't anybody jumping for him. Like, he didn't even get to the goal. I know. I know. And like the, <laughs> the referee saved him with the whistle because, you know, you just look, oh, look at those. It's so frustrating. Mm. Because, again, after the first leg, you're thinking to yourself, yeah, there seems to be something building. 
you know, there's, 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 you know, there's a bit of momentum and all behind them. I would have been as happy to see a couple of the youngsters on the bench. You know, you know, to, to keep that pace. The one thing that I've noticed about our, our, our young players, and even again last night, our one-touch football is brilliant. With the, the young, the younger players, the likes of Moreno and Sterling and Coutinho, they're all able to play really good one-touch yeah. football, mm. and it moves us around the pitch so quickly. Even Henderson, right? And when we were in the good spell in the fourth, up to about sixty minutes or so, that was the essence of it. That's how we were getting around Chelsea. Yeah. As soon as we got the older players on, who need to take a touch in the ball need to look around to see what's going on etc etc that stopped and that that just let Chelsea come on close us down win the ball up high and then the poor players ended up just showed how poor they were in terms of what was going on Yeah, but all all being all it was a great game (laughs) 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 fucking hell that's probably the best way we could possibly end that (laughs) but it was bad Right, let's take a look forward to Liverpool versus West Ham, the Saturday game, uh, home match at Anfield. And uh, we'd have to hope that, you know, this apparent um, upturn in form is going to uh, get back on track um, uh, uh, when we're back in the Premier League. Sashin, how are we feeling about West Ham in terms of the run of form that they're in at the moment? Um, What kind of threat do they pose, do you think, at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I mean, sort of two miles away. I watched quite a lot of their game against Bristol City last Sunday, was it, in the FA Cup? Mm. And for the majority of that, they were absolutely terrible. I mean, they were well off the pace. They were easy to get at. They looked sort of like just basically quite a tired team. But then again, they still won. And that's the massive worry, um, is that they just seem like a team who are in a really rich vein of form in the sense that even when they're not playing well, they're going to win games. I think Sacco, Valencia, they're, sort of, they're two new strikers of uh, this season. They both look, look really dangerous. Andy Carroll's playing well, and you'd think he'd have a point to prove against, against us as well, obviously. Mm. Um, so it is a slight concern, but I think their defence is, is, is gettable. I think if we start at a decent pace... Um, we can get at them, and if we do score relatively early, and obviously Sturridge, I mean, there's talk that he might feature in some form, which would be which would be great. Even just have him on the bench and have him as a potential threat would be great. Um, I think it's a game where you just have to start. We have to start quickly, start well, and um, and then and then we can open them up quite well. I think midfield we should dominate midfield. I don't think their midfield's up to that much. I know they've got Alex Song, who's quite good, but they're, they're quite laboured to slow midfield. I think hopefully, what I'm hoping is that. You know, for, you know, as disappointing as last night was, we did play well. There were some really good signs. The momentum and the confidence in the team is definitely there. And I just hope that carries into Saturday's game more than any potential tiredness from playing extra time and from any sort of sense of deflation from losing. But I think it's imperative we have to start well on Saturday, start quickly. I'm curious, you mentioned the Bristol game. I didn't see that or even see any highlights. Did they have, you mentioned they, they, they dug out a win even though they weren't playing well. Did they have a solid team out, a, good, a decent strong side out? Yeah, it was a it, yeah, it was their first team, uh, but okay. you know, pretty much yeah, it was their strongest team, um, and they were terrible. First half, they were absolutely appalling. They looked so slow and so off the pace. Mm. Um, it was it was unbelievable, and um, you thought you know Bristol City will score and win this game, and then they just the longer it went, you sort of obviously then thought well, West Ham going to nick this, and they did. Um, so yeah, no, they were they were terrible in that game for, for large parts of it. And uh, the reason that I think they looked so poor was they were playing against a team that were playing with lots of energy, with lots of pace, uh, which is kind of how we should be playing and how we do play. So that gives me the confidence to think as long as we start well, we should win. Yeah, that is encouraging. Paul, the ghosts of uh, Carroll and Downing, um, do they hold any particular fear for you? 
Um, yeah, basically, because um, I know Sachin said they were awful against Bristol, but the fact is that Sam Allardyce is like an abhorrent human being who like <laughs> sets his teams up as if they're... He, he sends them out like it's the Champions League final when he comes up against Liverpool. So yeah, I, 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 think, I think the Bristol game will be out the window. I think they're yeah. going to come out like firing. <laughs> and obviously, down, down and didn't even do too badly against us. And Carroll... Are there even any of their forwards? You take the likes of Diafra, Sacco, Valencia, and Carroll. The thoughts of them against, like you know, Lovren or Johnson, if one of them comes in, that like that's terrifying. <laughs> like you, you know, like having the ball just lumped at them all day long, like that. And like Carroll, obviously, is slow. The other two are fairly mobile. But so yeah, like I, I think like Sasha, I think we we have to like match it from the start. Make sure like you know we're not like you know they're their physicality and all make sure it's not a culture shock at the start make sure we start off strong and yeah. get, get going at them then then we should hopefully win but it's a it's just it's that Allardyce factor where you know he, we do look vulnerable to that sometimes when someone sends it, sends it out like it's the biggest match in the world mm-hmm. and we're kind of looking around going well, wh- why are these so up for this like yeah. so I'm just hoping that doesn't happen yeah uh, Andy Carroll to be fair to him is one of those little stages of his career where he just looked like a savage footballer altogether, to be fair. Um, would you be in any way worried about him in particular? I hate Allardyce. <laughs> <laughs> hate him. Yeah, you don't worry about the I genuinely crisis. hate yeah. him. I can't, I, I, I can't, I just can't stand, I can't even stand looking at him, mm. right? And, I can't stand Downing. I despise Downing. I, I, yeah. I, 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 if he fell down a sinkhole in the middle of Anfield, I wouldn't cr- shed a tear like. Just yeah. disappear. I so you, I look, you look a bit like him though. Shut up. I've got to come in there. Why do you hate Stuart Downing that much? That's an extraordinary hatred. Phil hates loads of people this much though. No, I hate him. He, he's a coward. He's, he's, he, I remember when he was at Liverpool, I used to just despise every time he appeared. He disappeared in games and then his, his statements that used to come out after and even the statements that have come out since then, mm. he's, just a little prick, right? And I just cannot, I cannot for the life of me accept him. I'd, lo- I'd love to have been beside you, you know, when he shushed the Anfield crowd after he scored. <laughs> Look, he's shaking, Phil's shaking. <laughs> I'd have loved to have been beside you when he did that. Yeah, that could have been one of those moments where you would have just, the red mist would have descended, yeah. it was over the, the barriers. The, <laughs> the, vein, the vein was coming out of the forehead. No, but I do. And what I want is, I want, I want Henderson or Lucas to cost him. <laughs> I want them to do it like within two minutes. I want him to jump on his leg, right? And I want him to because the one thing that will happen is he he won't he will disappear out of the game. Mm-hmm. When when we when 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 he played against us last year, Flanagan absolutely crippled him over on the sideline, and we never saw down. And down went into a shell and started hiding behind the players like the down and that he is. So that's we need somebody just to kick him up in the air. Whereas in the last match, he was ag- he never, actively encouraged. He, he never got kicked. Nobody yeah, got close yeah. to him. Everyone was too nice to him. Just kick him, mm-hmm. and he won't be in the game. And he's been horribly. He's been their driving force. You know what I mean? He's. You're talking about Andy Carroll having that. That, that, that was the that question. Yeah, oh, no, that was yeah. the question. But Downing's been having the form of his life. And it it is. Go- it's, it's absolutely disgusting to be sitting here talking about how to stop Stuart Downing, isn't it? it really <laughs> yeah, is really. Soul destroying. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, if, if we had Costa on the team, he'd just go in, cripple across face, take him down, anything. Yeah. Just take him out. Just kick him. He doesn't. He can't. He can't accept physicality in, in a football match whatsoever. And he plays centrally, doesn't he? Henderson. Yeah. Henderson should just, just do it. But, but listen, you, you, you would, you, we it really wouldn't be an issue if we could rely on the fact that we had Sacco and Sean there. You could forget about. It. Just yeah. forget about. It. He's not. He's an, He's a non-event. He. He would be a non-event. My worry would be to go back to the thing I was asking you. 
Skirtle directly up against Andy Carroll and them pumping balls to Andy Carroll, which he will win all of. But with the three at the back, we're, we're more than covered in terms of the actual... You know, there's, there's there's enough cover around. The, it's the set pieces that you, you're more concerned of. Say he starts Johnson or even Lovren for that factory. Right? The two of them continually turn off at set pieces, right? So Carl is just going to go and sit on them, mm. literally sit on them for for the actual set piece, knowing that at some stage he's going to get a free header. Yep. And that's literally so. There's there's two ways to address it. You either get Mignolet to come for absolutely every ball that comes into the box, right, and say we'll if you drop it or you miss it, we'll deal with the second one that comes after it. But just make sure you get something on the ball. Yeah. Or you say, right, whoever Carroll is, you double-team him. So you, you say, if he goes on to Johnson, we put, you ask um, someone. Chant is the only one that's left. Yeah. You, you tell Chan to go and stand in front of him. Do not let him, get, under any circumstances, do not let him get a free header anywhere in or around the box. And as I said, you, you kick down and you take him out of the game and you neutralise, that's how you neutralise West Ham. As Sachin said earlier on, though, what you're talking about there is some sort of um, coherent... Uh, approach to stopping set plays, which you know, I mean, what are you trying to do? And uh, well, those two are going to be fired up. They're going, they're going to go back there, and they like the the, the shite that's come out of Downing since he's left. Like you know, he's he thinks now in the form of his life, he's going back to to give two fingers to Rogers, mm. and he'll probably give two fingers to the cop as well. Like yeah, I'll, you know what I mean. So could it's be just, a shushing, yeah. Like, seriously, I just yeah. you just kick him yeah. hard, um, open it, to the air. Sashin, it was bad enough there until you had your little interjection about why do you hate him so much because this guy's just gone off on one here uh, um, the last little while. Can, can I come back to you and, and talk to you a little bit about um, what you think the thought process will be? Like, I mean, I know the next game, I think, isn't until the following, is it uh, when, Wednesday, Wednesday, the Bowling Wednesday game? Both, so yeah. I suppose there's there's very little t- uh, considerations in, term of, in terms of um, you just play your best team. Um Allowing that we don't know anything about Sacco and there's a possibility of a change there which would be unpalatable. Do you see any other changes from the midweek team, from the team we've just seen uh, exit the um, the Carling Cup? Well, I'd play Lalana personally. You know, he didn't play at all. Um, For Gerard, Sashin, or? Uh, possibly, yeah. I just think we've played, you know, that's been a hard game, a proper brutal game, you know, on, on Tuesday. I mean, literally almost when you, t- you think about Diego Costa and I think, you've, you know, you've played 120 minutes um, and I think somebody needs to be just pulled out. I just I just think that's a team that needs a bit of refreshing. Obviously, there might be one at centre-back or in, along the back three, but I think just needs somebody somewhere else to, to go out. And yeah, I would possibly take Gerard out. I'd put Lalana in. I think, you know, he's a high-energy player. As we said, we need a high-energy performance. Um, it's not much you can do with it. I mean, that's a sense, that is our first team, and I wouldn't think of it too much. I'd certainly keep Lucas and Henderson, and maybe look to drop, uh, not drop, but rest one of them against Bolton and get Aladdin or Rossiter or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I'd bring the Lana in for Gerard, so that'd probably be my only change, I think. Yeah, fair enough. Paul, any changes for you in terms of the structure of the team that we saw go out of the cup? No, that, that'd be pre- pretty much for me as well. Lalana in for Gerard. Um, I think, obviously, it would suit that. I think. I think it's something obviously the sub that should have been made and I think it would suit it if we started again and I, I don't think we have to get put uh, too much effort into resting players I think there's three solid days either side of the uh, the Bolton match like the West Ham to Bolton and then yeah. Bolton to the, the Derby so um, or to the, the match the next weekend <laughs> uh, what you got it? So, so yeah I don't think you I think you play the, the strongest team basically against West Ham and then maybe try and change it up a, a, a bit against Bolton even if it's to do with like what subs you're going to make yeah. I, don't th- I don't think there has to be wholesale changes at all we, yeah. play, we play high tempo and do that bit of physicality that you need to do at the start they won't live with us 
Mm. They won't. Look, genuinely, we'll be able to get the back four, we'll be able to pull them out, and we'll be able to get chances away. So, you know, the, the positives that have come out of, of the recent run is that when we play high tempo, when we move the ball around quickly, we play high tempo, we look a very good side again. Now, given the fact that you will have storage at some stage during the match, whether it's the, the whether he starts and whether he, he brings him on for the last half an hour or whatever, that gives us something else. Now, seeing storage on the bench will be such a fill-up for the fans, for the team itself, known that it, it won't be Lambert. It won't be Balotelli that comes on. It'll be storage. It'll be your best striker. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you, you'll be able to bring a goal thread in. Yeah. Or if he starts, then it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, look, it doesn't matter if he comes in and everything bounces off his head. It doesn't matter. It's no, the symbolism it's just, of having your... But it also, it also occupies defenders' minds. Yeah. And creates more space. Yeah. Like, if, if, if Lambert starts in that game or is on the pitch, nobody's going to mark him. Mm. Because he's not going to offer a threat. You know what I mean? Like they, that's and that's that's singularly what what storage does. They won't take their eye off him. They will, he will move defenses around. His movement move, will move defenses around. He will take players out of the way. He'll create more space for Coutinho to operate in. He'll create more space for storage uh, for Sterling to operate in. And even if we have Lalana, you know, again he'll be on the pitch. He'll be buzzing around. He'll be able to operate in the space. It's about utilizing the space. Our home form has been appalling this season. You look at it. it it's it's you know we've drawn four games. We've I think we've only won three or something like that, right? It, and that's where our biggest failure in this season has been because our, our away form is much better than than, than our home form. And we have to turn that around. And we have to turn that around quickly. Even, go, even going to our recent games, we drew against Bolton, we drew against Chelsea and another two cup matches, but they were both home matches. Yeah. So we need to get back to winning home games, making sure we put our home games to bed if we won't have any chances of challenging for the top four. And we need to build on the positives. And the positives that we have is we move the ball quickly, we look a good team again. Yeah, Sasha, and I was going to actually just drop that into the conversation before Phil mentioned that point and as a kind of a statement. That is the one takeaway, isn't it, from the recent form, irrespective of two, well, three-ish dodgy enough kind of... Uh, not great results, let's say, uh, in terms of, of, the, of the, the draw with Chelsea, the draw against Bolton, and then the defeat last night. There is still that wonderful football getting played at times. Um, and as Phil says, we can almost rely on that now. And if we do play that style, it should be too much for, for even a, a, a ramped up West Ham. Yeah, I think the major positive of, of the game yesterday, um, if you know, well, the only positive in a way because we lost, obviously, was just absolute confirmation that our ident- you know, we have an identity. Mm. I think what was the most heartbreaking thing about the early stage of the season is uh, I certainly felt I had no, I- no idea, no sense of what this Liverpool team represented. You know, they just the, the whole guts of the, the fantastic team we had last year had gone. Um, we, were, we were as bad defensively as we were last year, but we had none of the attacking kind of shape or verve or swagger. Um, there were games like Sunderland at home, which was so depressing, it was unreal. Um, and But what we've got now, what we've had since the United game, really, since we went to three at the back, is an identity, as the guys have said there, playing high tempo, quick, short passes through through the team. And I think um, the midfield, that sort of that four-man midfield, we've got the box, as it was referred to earlier, is, is really crucial to that as well. Those two in midfield and the two ahead of them works really well. So we've got that, and that's something we can rely on. All this team's really missing now is goals. It's literally all it's missing, I think. And we, we know we've got a world-class strike to come back. Don't put too much pressure on him, obviously, because he's been out for so long. But I think that's literally all we're missing. We've got the defence looks better. The goalkeeper, as we said, is playing better. We just need a proper striker. And I think we should win more games than we don't for you know until now and the end of the season. So for you, with the the obvious exception exception of the potential change there at the left side of centre half, it's pretty much the same eleven, and then maybe uh, Lalana for for Gerard. Yeah, that's the only change I'd make. Yeah. I play Lalana. You know, he has he, he he's totally fresh, and he, he will allow us to play at the pace we need to play at to uh, to overrun West Ham. 
Okay, okay. Well, look, I mean, we've kind of done the rounds now in terms of what we think the team will look like. Um, I suppose we might as well get a couple of predictions from people on this. Uh, Paul, how do you see this game going at the weekend? 3-1 to us. 3-1 Liverpool. Sashin, how do you see this one working out for us? Um, we'll concede from a corner and then we'll win 2-1. <laughs> Delightfully specific. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing Liverpool win as well, Phil. I'll go with the win and just about scruffy win. Scruffy win. 3-2 because we probably won't have Sacco so we probably won't keep a clean sheet. But we might have enough to... With the with storage back if we go with the high tempo front line all the facets that we're, we've been doing well lately don't change the midfield. Mm. Yeah. And Jared from the bench as well is a wonderful thing to have. Jared from springing him from the bench for 20 minutes where he can put his whole game into 20 minutes. Yeah. And do something. Yeah. Imagine, how, imagine having like if you needed a call on a, a one hour, two hour, or something like that, and you're able to call on Storage and Gerard from the bench. That's that's huge. That that straight away the team the team you're playing against takes the wind out of their sails, pushes them twenty yards back. You compare that to your show just before the game the other day. Stay to that bench. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. Stay to it. Stay to the bench. <laughs> What's this? Who's <laughs> picked that bench? Is Pascal being on team kicking again? But that, the, the way the way we've been playing, it's been really creative. Like all you all you just want to do is stick to storage, just plonk them on top of the team, yeah. and you, you would think that we'd score. Like I, we would still be in the car. We'd be in the Carling Cup final or the Capital One Cup final. Um, Cup we'd, we'd have, yeah, we probably could have thrown them on for half an hour against Bolton. He would have won the game for us, like. Yeah, and, and we'd be. God knows how many more points better off on the run since the United game. So that's all you just want. You just want to get them fit and like keep them fit for at least like three weeks before he gets injured again. Or <laughs> Hope, hopefully by a striker. <laughs> so no pressure on poor Danny then. Okay, that'll do us. I am Lou Schwari. You are listening to Trippers Chat. <laughs> Right, let's have a look at a few of the things suggested by our listeners uh, for talking topics. Um, and I suppose we acknowledge at the start that we just don't want to talk about transfers. <laughs> Cause, cause, cause what transfers? Fans. Yeah, what transfers? It's just not happening. So let's take is a look. Is Arda Turan first this year? Arda Turan is. He, and Quaresma. Simao. driving the bus. Quaresma's <laughs> doing tour guide. It's, it's got, it's got Turan. Arda Turan. Arda Turan's already I'm in Jose Enrique's <laughs> basement. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, let's take a look at a completely different topic and one that we can get a little bit of uh, conversation out of. Michael Freeman is wondering, uh, if Hendo is the new captain for 2015-2016, who would you choose to be vice-captain? I presume he means obviously of the current lot. And is it a given, um, it seems to be, is it a given that Hendo is captain? What, what, is he the right choice? Um, Paul, I think you're not 100% on this, are you? Yeah, I don't know. Um Obviously, obviously, he's grown a lot in his Liverpool career, and um, he's only five foot six when he joined. Yeah, yeah, he was only a little. Lad. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's grown a lot, obviously, in 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 stature. <laughs> Fuck's sake! Um, and obviously, Gerard's not going to be there, and like he is, he is a lot. He's noticeably more vocal and more demanding of the ball, and he's like a bigger presence when Gerard isn't there. So he's got that going for him. I just wonder, is it maybe a bit early for him? Because he's still, he's still, he's still not someone who every week looks kind of like like Billy Big Bollocks going around <laughs> screaming or anything or like like yeah. a complete leader every week. But he, he certainly is growing that way. 
I probably would have liked it if we had a, you know one more senior player that could have done it for another year maybe and yeah. then Henderson get it because yeah, I'm well. still not I'm still not 100% sure that he's ready to be like the leader every week mm. it would have been lovely if we could just transition there with Glenn Johnson for a couple of years yeah that's yeah. unlikely to happen get the six year contract on the table yeah, for Glenn that's I'd say. unlikely to happen <laughs> um, are you happy with Hendo as a captain yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there Phil do you think no I think he's a good voice captain a good voice captain I think he's a good backup so would you be ideally would you promote from within or do you see someone coming into the club and just here you do the job I uh, I think a leader in. The, I think you need a natural leader in, in there I don't mm. think I, I, like, I've never been a huge fan of Gerard as captain I think he's been great in terms of you know in terms of what he does on the pitch but I don't think he's a natural leader in terms of you know a, a, an archetype and you think Kendo might be too much more of a captain by example type again <coughs> no I think, he's a good, I think he's a good go to man I think he's a good sort of foil to, to the captain on the pitch I think you okay. know you need, you need good backup if mm. you're the captain you know to have somebody else that's there that when time when time's needed he can step into the breach on, throw me a few I wouldn't, I wouldn't you're, not, you're not calling him like a Gary Neville type are you <laughs> you know the, like there's the captain and then there's the there's team the arsehole like. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah the little golf merchant I wasn't calling him a team arsehole now but no, I, I just don't, yeah I don't think he, I don't think he's the right man for the job okay we'll take that to a logical conclusion who is whoever we appoint as captain oh for the love of fuck I <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Downey doesn't like it. <laughs> work with me. Work with me. I'll work with you. Go on. Go on. D- give me a name from uh, uh, it's someone from the current staff, or it, w- is it something that we need to go out and actively look for? Bring in it, it, a like, leader. It, it, it really comes? does depend on who we sign. If we go out and sign an, an absolute powerhouse of a midfielder to mm. play alongside Henderson, you just throw him the captain. Well, you know, people have done that before. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's not unusual for somebody to come in and say well, he is an absolute leader, and I'm putting him in as captain. Like, mm. I would, if if they gave Emery, Emery Chan the captaincy, I would have absolutely no issue with that at all. Yeah, but like he comes across to me as a leader on the pitch. He he he. he you've seen him when he's gone into the back four. The same Sacco's been captain at international mm. level. Yeah, and looks a natural is a natural leader again in terms of what it is, and like. I like the captains to be like big powerful players as well. You know, the ones that, that can't be bossed around on the pitch. Mm. Like for me, it's not somebody who can boss. Now, like the great Henderson has shown in, in, in stages great sense. Like standing up to Costa was was great. Like for, for that, you're saying to yourself, well, that's what you want to see. You want to see somebody you know putting the bollocks out in a whole lot. But there's other times where I'm just thinking to myself, you just need that little bit more. That little bit more. Whether it's a little bit more, you know, aggressiveness. He's not aggressive enough in the right way with, with referees. Let's say. You know what I mean? And that could be an Age, that could be a, an age thing. Going back to your point, is it a little bit too early for him? Mm. It may be a little bit too early for him. I think that might be a little bit of a harsh shout in terms of the aggression and the presence on the pitch, but I do see what you're saying in terms of maybe a little bit extra in what we were talking about earlier on, where you need to score that chance. You mm. need to put that away and, and offer the team leadership from that respect. Mm. I can possibly see an argument there, but I just don't see anybody else, lads, in the current squad who's but that's, in that, any I way think a, Another one would be Sacco, but again, it looks maybe a bit too early for him. Is, he's he's even yeah. said like at the start of the season that his English needs to get better. He, he, yeah. he said at the start of the season, this is when he was out and we all thought he was getting sold <laughs> like after he stormed out at the Derby. And he, a few weeks later, he did an interview where he said, when my English gets better, I will be talking more, and like the the natural leader in me will come out. So, like, I would, if if this if that happened next season, I'd have no problem with Sacco okay. being captain. And I get what Phil says as well because I think Sacco and Chan, when you look at our players, they're the two most kind of alpha players. Like the two, the two, they look kind of unruffled by everything. Chan comes in; it doesn't matter who he's playing against. He seems to be brilliant. He seems he's like he's his chest out. He doesn't mm. give a doesn't give a shit who he's up against. Like, and so. 
I think it would it'd be a big shout to give it to Chan because mm. he's so young. But it, like, like Phil, I think... I think at some stage he could captain us, Chan. It's a hell of a lot more likely that one of those two guys that you've mentioned will get vice captaincy behind Hendo. Yeah. It's a hell of a lot more likely. And then it, you might. I, don't, I, I think if, if Lucas is still there, he probably gets the vice captaincy if, Ken, if, if Henderson is, is captain. Yeah. Right or wrong? Like, do you know what I mean? Well, Lucas or Skirtle are the obvious shout. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't want Skirtle as, as, as captain or vice captain. No, God. No. I think he's. He, I think he's too flawed as a person. I've seen him. I've seen him disappear as in games. Person. No, no. In, in terms of, in, we're talking about leadership. He's a thief. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about leadership, yeah. right? And it, there's too many times he's had to, he's had to have a leader beside him to look good. Yeah. He's not the he's not the leader. Well, he's got, he's got two beside him now, and he actually looks great. But this, well, yeah. But yeah. like, but this is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing. He you. doesn't. He needed Agar beside him, yeah. and Agar was a leader. Mm. You know what I mean? He needed. He wasn't great when Carragher was beside him. That could have been because they, they switched around roles or whatever. But, you know, he's needed a leader beside him to look good. Even when Hoopia was there, he looked better alongside Hoopia because Hoopia is a natural leader. Mm. Now, for me, I just don't know whether Henderson brings that level of authority yet on the pitch with the rest of the players. Like that, I know they, they all respect him, mm. but I don't know if he has the authority that he has there and, and and therein lies my issue with him getting the captaincy at this moment in time maybe maybe he does step up to, I, I'm, I'm potentially being harsh on him, but I'm, I'm just telling from my point of view I'm looking at other players and thinking I, I personally would have more confidence if other players had it and I, and I still think if we sign a real midfield leader because Gerard is gone that there's every chance that that player will come in and be the captain Mm. In, in as much of you, but if you sign a real leader, Vidal type or something. Not, I'm not even. I'm, I'm not going down names. I'm just saying if you mm. sign that type of midfielder, like, yeah. like if, say, <clears throat> say for argument's sake, you sign somebody like Schneider, right? Mm. Who's a real leader on the pitch, you know, to 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 to, to play in that zone with with Henderson. If, if you're doing a three four three or whatever way you want to go, even a four two three, whatever way you want, you want to go, with it, right? But he's a leader on the pitch, and he comes in as a leader on the on the actual pitch itself, like. And Lovren was sold to us as a leader. And he's as far from a leader as, as, as Skirtle is. Mm. Nah. So, you know, there isn't that many candidates. in the Like, I wouldn't give it to Sterling, he's too young. Coutinho, similarly, I wouldn't give it to Lalana. You know, I'm not, you wouldn't give it to Sturridge because he is, Sturridge is, 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 is a real out-and-out centre-forward. And, he does, and again, he's going to be missing through injury for an awful lot of things. So you're really down to who in the back four, essentially, are in that midfield are you going to give it? You're not giving it to Alan. You might consider Lucas, but then again, is he going to be there? Or will he, will he play whether so, he is or not? So now you're down to Henderson and the centre-backs because you're not giving it to the full-backs either. Mm. This is making it sound like it's a process of elimination he's the last one standing but I actually think he's a lot more merit than that as a captain. I, I, I don't see anyone rivaling But that, this, this is why I'm, when I'm going through the, this is why I'm going through the characters yeah. right? and you can knock out so many of the characters yeah. that we have. Like if Suarez was there I'd give the, I'd, he'd have the captaincy every single day of the week yeah. because on the pitch he demanded he demanded that players played his level. And that's what you want. I still think Henderson has to bring that demanding to play to his level as part of his authority on the pitch. And sometimes he gets lost in the actual games itself and he isn't demanding that lift from the players and the lift from the players around him. Mm. Well, if yeah, you, get, like yeah, a, you, you see kind of isolated incidents where you see, you think like, yeah, that, that's Hendo. He's kind of maturing and he, like, he looks like a leader. It's just, is he going to do that consistently? Because mm. like Phil said, like, Gerard's not someone who... You know, he's not someone who always always stood up, and you could always see him barking at it. Like if the team if the team was up against it, you couldn't see like he, he tried to do things on his own. You didn't see him kind of rallying the troops too often, mm. and that's someone that you'd rather you'd rather probably someone who who constantly like some someone intelligent that constantly is at them, and like 
like you were saying about the refs, like I remember last year when we played Arsenal, we demolished them. And Henderson told everybody on that pitch to fuck off at some stage during the game, including the ref. Fuck off, that's bollocks. He's up, he's yeah. up in his face. If he if he like does that more often, like you see the likes of John Terry, he's an absolute scrow. But like every single time the whistle went yesterday, John fucking Terry, eighty he's yards, running, 80 yards running up to Michael Oliver, yeah. and like you, you want something like that, and they, like not not completely not being a rat to the other team like not not constant mouthing but you know someone who stands up if there is if there is a kind of fight between someone who stands up gets in the middle of it someone who's thinking about the team yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so like you, you do see isolated moments of that from Henderson it's just whether he's mature enough now to do it all the time I really wouldn't doubt the kid I think he's yeah. got that in spades and I think when, when Jared's off the scene I think you'll see it really really come to the fore Hopefully. and listen the thing about it is if he has a, uh, uh, as Phil says whether it's a new one or whether it's Lucas playing to the top of his of his level, if he's got, if he's playing in his proper position on a week to week basis, I wouldn't doubt that at all. Mm. Yeah, again, as I said, I just, you know, if if you've got so many young players, which we're, we're going to have, right? That that captain is also almost a father figure for them on the pitch. Mm. So that, that's what I'm sort of like. I know Emery Chan is young, but already he looks like a settled professional, fucking beyond his years. He's the daddy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, what I mean? he yeah. does look that way. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, another one that, that, that was Michael Freeman's question, by the way. Another one um, that's come in from a regular contributor is Neb, and Neb is talking about something that we touched on uh, earlier on. So we'll just keep this particularly uh, brief. But he basically was talking about the fact that every team should have their own genuine bona fide asshole, a kind of a go-to, like a Costa figure. Well, we, if they we, don't, like it's going to be a dose of the human centipede going on. That's a horrible image, and I'd Jeez. like to, I'd like to move very quickly back. That's an departure. That is that is that's that's some horrible stuff. Um, do we have it's, and, and, and to kind of segue on from the the Henlow chat? Do we have someone in that mold um, that you know someone you know that nasty edge? I don't I don't think we have anyone we don't really with, with do the we? nastiness. No. no. That like I know we're like we're going mad about Costa, but like you, you do like to see it sometimes. Some of the stuff Suarez did, not biting or anything like that. But you know some of the <laughs> some of the biting. snide stuff that he did, yeah. where you're like, yeah, that's it. Like he, he's, the hair he, pulling yeah, in the, yeah. And, like he, he's in their head there. Like yeah. he has he's got your man on fucking toaster. Your man is fuming to be on the same pitch as Suarez. <laughs> yeah. Your man doesn't know where the ball is. All yeah. he's thinking about is where's that little prick. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, I don't think we we don't have anyone like that at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And do we have anyone with the potential? Uh, does Markovic somewhere deep in him have the potential? <laughs> He does. I think he, he might. Even you know? the look of him, you're yeah. kind of like, you can imagine him doing something horrible. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully he could kind of. Obviously, we've seen him kind of develop in spades, like over the past few months, from the fellow who looked terrified of the ball yeah. when he first came. So, you know, like, it, it could go that way. Like, obviously, it's early days. I'd love it, that, I have to say. I absolutely yeah, love there, that. Yeah, there's the potential for some yeah. proper snideness in him. Yeah. Um, See, other than that, you're kind of reaching. The trick with the asshole is it has to be the right type of asshole. Oh yeah, well we have a lot of the wrong type. Don't we? we do have, right? we have the wrong type of yeah, asshole in the yeah. club, but like we we need we need the right type. So it, it can't be just pure destructive. Like if you look at Costa, right, going back to him, mm. what he he is a complete fucking asshole, mm. right? The same as as Suarez was in in, in what he delivers. Mm. It's the de, it's designed to be destructive to the opposition mm. and not to his own team. I like that thing you were saying earlier on about where Costa said, or was, or was it you, Paul, was saying that like. You know, my my footballing background isn't from an academy, so therefore, uh, you know, I'm rough and ready, and this is the only way I know. It's such a line of shite. Isn't it? <laughs> it's such a line of shite. He has specialised in fucking winding. He's people a bad up. bastard, and, and that's even, just what you want. And listen yeah. to me, fans love 
a complete asshole in the team. Yeah. Right? One that one that, as I said, isn't destructive. Like you could have a Cassano who will just make the, he will actually cause an explosion in the dressing room, in his own dressing room though, in the wrong way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that you don't need that. What you want is just one nasty little fucker, right? Yeah. Even when we had Mascarano, like that team wasn't particularly nasty, but we had Arbelo who had it in spades oh, inside, yeah, right? He's got the edge of it. And yeah. Mascarano used to torment fuckers. And you you could see the eyes opening when he had when he had a chance for fifty yeah. fifty, right? Because he could throw in a bit of afters into the thing. It doesn't have just to leave be, a bit on the more yeah, than necessary. It like. doesn't have to be the overtly Suarez Costa type. Yeah. It just has to be that fucking It was a shit day and a shit result, but Will you ever forget the head on him as Rafa was trying to lead him off the pitch against United? That oh time. Jesus! That, yeah. that's, that was just so much fun. That's what, that's the kind of thing you. Want. Even well, Shelby yeah. had that in him. It, well, he does, and he does. He but does. he has it. It, 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 it just he doesn't. There's no dial. Yeah. The dial is broken. So it just <laughs> yeah. once it goes on, it could go to 165 out of 10. Yeah. Or it so, could someone say like Costa knows where the ref is, knows what he's going to yeah. get away with. Whereas Shelby will just do. He'll lose a head and do something stupid yeah. and get sent off. Mm. So um, yeah, like you, you need someone. It, like it's really calculated with Costa. Like, I don't know. It, even if even if he looks like he's lost a head for a second, like twenty like twenty seconds later, it's like he makes a point of just laughing at the defender, you know, smiling or even kind of like the, you know a little tap on the back, like ah, oh, I'm only messing. And then like you know, ten minutes later, he stamps on his ankle again. Like yeah. he he just always seems to be in control. He knows like where the limit is. He's he's not going to get himself sent off doing it. He's yeah. just a. a, a a lovely prick, like a lovely play, prick to, to play with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A yeah. lovely prick to play with. Oh god! <laughs> the innuendo trippers. <laughs> oh, oh, what a man! <laughs> They're going straight in the back of his with that one. <laughs> a lovely prick to play. A lovely prick to play with, and some chocolate, like a Kinder egg. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm having a fucking merry today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, some of the some of the sh- uh, short ones then. Uh, one in from Nick Wall, which uh, t- took uh, my my attention particularly. Um, Nick is wondering: Would you rather have Niall Quinn do a live commentary of your life, or everything you eat tastes like shite on a regular basis? So basically. <laughs> You enjoy so do, do, do we need Steve out to commentate in our lives? Yeah. Everything going to take I, I felt sorry for him last night. I listened to that absolute shite hawkery coming out of Niall Quinn. I felt so I think sorry. we should substitute Niall Quinn. I think we should kidnap Niall Quinn and substitute him with Steve for a while. Wouldn't that be absolutely fantastic? <laughs> be hilarious. The outcome would be that brilliant. That would be fantastic. But imagine that. Imagine. Steve Daly having a fucking platform on Sky Sports that's, <laughs> that's absolutely terrifying <laughs> no he looked different this week <laughs> yeah yeah so what, what are we going with oh, well, I'm, I'm before happy. last night I'd have said no Quinn but no, well, did, did you find him comparatively inoffensive until yesterday evening's well, he, I always knew he was a fucking idiot, like a, a bit of an idiot, like. But yeah. Jesus Christ, yesterday, yeah, well, give, give me the shit sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> give me, I'll, I'll, eat, I'll eat shit all day. Before Are you I able to interact with him, or is he just purely? He's like just. A, I think it's like you know a toward voice. Yeah, just he's, a, yeah, he's just in your head. Yeah, it's just oh. he's narrating. Imagine Hulk Quinn narrating your life. Imagine that. <laughs> That is fucking horrible. I got a dream and, there, there's, and there's Phil going into the shop there. Oh, God, he's gone into the shop. Is, is he going into the shop? Shut the fuck up! <laughs> I don't think he's made the right decision going into the shop. <laughs> I'm confused by this decision. <laughs> Which was 
by extension your Stephen Daly impression <laughs> okay uh, one from Caelan uh, who sent in a couple there um, actually but we'll go with this one um, what's your favourite giant robot from the movies you must have a shout in this with your sci-fi fetish nah. favourite giant robot from the movies I'm trying to think of a few um, Terminator is it ter- which one would you go with which, which of the Terminators you can only go for any really you can read really. You've got all the liquidy lads. Yeah, that I was a big fan of the liquidy lads <laughs> myself. Yeah. That's me. That's me. Yeah. Yeah, Terminator Paul, you getting in behind that? I don't know. You know the that Transformers film, I liked Barricade and that the police car. Oh, he was really cool. Oh, yeah. I can't get through any one of those movies. I can't get through them. Yeah, and they get pro- progressively worse as well. Do they? Yeah. <clears throat> I wish the like police car had melted down. Into what, what? Just melted him. Why? In. Why did you just hate him? Did you? Yeah, I still don't know what what, what role he plays he's in all the, the fucking. Star would you Wars say? Movies. Would you say he's a a, a charlatan and a coward? Is he the Stuart Downing of? of <laughs> he's the Stuart Downing of <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> and I'm going back there. You know what you were saying about the Terminator? That that sounds like you know like like a scale for measuring shites. Like you know, <laughs> oh well, I had an Ernie and a, a few liquidy lads. Like, <laughs> I had a T two thousand. <laughs> Dodgy T2000 going on there. <laughs> I don't like the liquidy lads. No. Nah, I don't like the liquidy lads. Uh, you never know where they're going to pop up. <laughs> okay, we'll finish with some admin and we'll start with our weekly shed for Astro Park. Book your pitch time and play some football here um, by getting online at astropark.ie. The new edition of Neil Pools We Are Liverpool fanzine, which has uh, some articles from myself and Neil Gray. It's now available at weareliverpoolfanzine.com and it will be sold outside the ground at home games. Um, at only 150 it's a hell of an offer. Um, and if you want to take advantage of an offer that we have now with uh, Neil, you can mention to him on the day... Exclusive. Exclusive. Uh, you can mention to him on the day, that uh, just mention the name of the podcast when you're going up to buy it, and you can get it for £1. Um, alternatively... You can also mention the podcast. (laughs) You can also mention the podcast and get issue six for one fifty and a back copy for free. Back copy for free. So I really hope you enjoy um, the post production values that we've put on this. (laughs) Phil's been in the studio long after uh, we finished here with those effects. Um, Your day trippers tonight were Sasha Nakrani, Paul Brennan, Phil Casey, and myself, Trev Downey. I saw one something like <laughs> would you rather join in your man that riding once, once, once or watch uh, them uh, every day yeah, yeah. that's just man like hey, that can't end well like, yeah, you, you obviously take the free pedal every day looking at them <laughs> yeah clearly <laughs> 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 sorry sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's a no brainer <laughs> 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 it's the two boys, Fallows and Hunter, they get name checked more often than yeah. anybody else. And nobody really knows. I what think they should get their own does. television programme when Anton Decker having a holiday. I'd holidays. love to see <laughs> Fallows and Hunter. Fallows like, and Hunter. In. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just yeah. sitting there with football manager playing Southampton all yeah. the time. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be brilliant if they were actually a bit like Vic and Bob. That'd be class. <laughs> <laughs> Vic and Bob. Who's Vic? Oh, fuck off. Are you serious, man? Vic Reeves and Bob Arthur. Are you serious? You yeah. are serious. Yeah. They're in the war. man. Jesus. 
<laughs> oh, it's fucking brilliant. Oh, Jesus. Main characters. Paul, you'd love them. Hero bankers. I'm never coming in here alone again. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul, you'd love them. Yeah. They're fucking brilliant. My comedy heroes. Oh, from when? From It was just after the orchestra finished. <laughs> <laughs> if you're snacking on anything but tasty cake, you're making a huge miss cake. A fistful of chocolate-covered raisins? Miss Cake. A spoonful of peanut butter? Bigger Miss Cake. Or the worst Miss Cake of all, your kid's Halloween candy. And it's May. If it's not Tasty Cake, it's a Miss Cake. Because nothing satisfies like a perfectly sweet butterscotch crimpet. Or rich and creamy chocolate peanut butter candy cake. Tasty Cake. Except no substitutes. When you get a ticket for not wearing your seatbelt, it comes from the police. And from your mother. And your best friend. And your family. We want you to buckle up every trip, every time. Three out of four people ejected from a vehicle in a crash will die. If you won't do it for yourself, do it for us. We like having you around. Click it or ticket. A message from the Michigan Office of Highway Safety Planning. Podcast Network.